Let me see that pussy. Now throw it in the tub. Make some whap. <laughs> want some whap? I want some wet-ass pistachios. That, see, that doesn't sound pleasant. I mean, what, what do you call pistachio ice cream, then, when it's, like, a little melty? Gross. You're... I don't like melty ice cream. I need my ice cream to be consolidated into its solid form. Man. Got slurp. Slurp that whap. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm really not enjoying the trend of like WAP just be, becoming like a universal acronym for whatever starts with P and just putting wet <laughs> ass in front of it. Oh, I don't know. It's kind of funny. I don't know. It's kind of lazy. No, I'm talking about the acronym of like, oh, fucking, this is a wet ass pencil. And then they think they're fucking clever. It's a WAP because I dropped my pencil in my cup. Check this WAP, bro. It's like, would you shut the fuck up when you expect me to har-har at your wet-ass popcorn because you spilled your fucking soda at the movie theater? Like, no, fuck you. Every time the new music kicks off, I just think it's a Protoman song. So, like, I do, like, the beginning strum part, like the da-da-da-da-da, and then Will of One pops in my head. It's a good-ass song. Mm-hmm. Yo, you know what it's got? You do. You've already completed the joke in your head and you're upset about it. I'm not saying it. Got some wet ass percussion. Hey everybody, it's Tuesday, August 24th, 2020, and this is the 4th and Wrong Podcast. I'm your host, RJ, and joining me as always is Keith. Say hi, Keith. Hi, Keith. And, uh, we're getting close, man. It's almost time. What are we at? Uh, two weeks? Two weeks! Two well, weeks. I mean, two, two and a half weeks because of when we're recording this and whatnot. Not but, two weekends, how about that? Two weekends, and then we finally get football back. Yeah. Because like, I'm, so, I'm so so excited. So excited. Uh, why do you sound not excited? So let me tell you how the Browns training camp has been going. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. Um, so we briefly we have... talked about this beforehand, but oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I saved it because um, it only got worse. Uh so I, I'll start with the positives, okay? Uh-huh. O- Odell looks really good. I was waiting for you to say okay. nothing. No, no, there are some positives. We got some takeaways. Uh, Odell looks really good. Jarvis looks really good. And we're talking about more than haircuts at this point. Yes. That okay. They look fly, they got drip, and then they play good. Then things kind of like... I don't know, okay. that went up for a second there before it went down. Oh, yeah, no, no. 
like offense playing well, then fucking. So hmm. what had happened uh-huh. was uh, Mac Wilson, the linebacker I've talked to you a few times over the past couple episodes, uh, decided it was a good idea to high horse high horse collar tackle Nick Chubb. Of course. Oh yeah, so, I think I saw this. Yeah. Uh-huh. So so Nick Chubb went on concussion protocol. I was gonna say, um, where are my Browns notes? Go on. Ev- everything I I need to follow up on it. Uh, I was just so frustrated when I heard the news because shortly after that, Mac mm. Wilson got carted off the field with. A and you were like, "These are wait, aren't these the same? What? Yeah. So not so Ash in the same practice, he injured our starting running back who was second in the league for rushing yards, and then. Uh, severely hyperextended his knee and may require surgery. Couldn't have done that. Couldn't have done that first or that second part first, huh? Yeah, couldn't. Yeah, that would have that would have saved us something. So then, today, I was gonna let it go because I, I was mad about it last week, and then it's like you know what, this shit happens. It's training camp. But then today, uh, our on grand- this day. <laughs> Uh, during training camp today, Grant Delpit, the safety we just drafted, uh-huh. got carted off the field with an Achilles injury. Nice. Possibly out for the season. And then, uh, fucking Greedy Williams mm-hmm. had to go into the locker room with a trainer with an apparent injury. Wasn't he kind of banged up last year, though? Uh, he was a little bit banged up. Uh, and I was worried about, because he doesn't have a really big frame. So Ooh. I was kind of I was kind of worried about his longevity, like taking NFL hits. It's what we call um, a lithe gentleman. Yeah. Right. But then I looked at Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward's kind of small, too, but he also had injury problems. You know, like, corners aren't built for longevity, but they don't play in positions where they necessarily need it. But when they get hurt, they get fucking hurt. Yeah, you're getting a lot of glancing blows, not a lot yeah. of shoulder-to-shoulder. Yeah, so now Greedy Williams... Uh, so now Grant Delpit and Greedy Williams are injured, too. So, I don't know what the fuck's going on in Berea right now. Uh, but all of the positives, all of the positives that I can take away from the training camp is at least Baker Mayfield's arm didn't fall off or something. Like, I'm gonna... Hold on. Hold on. Where's my... Yet? Yes, Go yet. On. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, like Odell is alive and Jarvis is alive and Miles Garrett hasn't tried to murder somebody yet. So again look, in the yet yeah, write it down. Uh so there's periods of this training camp where like, I I've I'm frustrated obviously. I'm really frustrated and I I I know a lot of this is unavoidable. It's football. It's a contact sport. But mm-hmm. like these are these are key pieces. Right. These are key pieces. You know, our offense, when our offense struggled, we could always lean on Nick Chubb. I, I know it's a concussion, if it is a concussion. He was in protocol. I haven't read whether or not it was confirmed as a concussion. Right. Uh, could, Doesn't guarantee that, that it actually is, just they're taking the precautions because... Right. But we're two weeks, two and a half weeks from the season. If yeah. it is a concussion, he's missing the opener. Almost, yeah, yeah more than likely. Yeah. And we need to get started hot, you uh-huh. know? Like, we have a rough schedule this year. We need to get started hot. And, yeah, you don't uh, get the Jets in Miami back-to-back like we do. Right. Fortunately, we have Kareem Hunt as our second running back. Not a bad option uh, as number two, but he wasn't nearly as productive as we thought he would. Now, granted, he took a pretty backseat role because Nick Chubb was running five yards a carry. We didn't right. need him. You know, he was, a thir- he was a true blue third down back. That's the sure. only time he saw field. Um, 
But like he's talented enough to where we could do still do some damage in the running game. But Nick Chubb is somebody is something else, you know. Uh, if if Derrick Henry didn't have a you know a freak last game of the season and rush for 260 yards, that would have been Nick Chubb's rushing title. Right. Um, but then losing Grant Dilpit, who was drafted in a weak position to fill a hole, like potentially for the rest of the year, and Greedy Williams, uh, who easily slotted into our number two corner spot in a in a I want to say mediocre in a middle of the road secondary to begin with mm-hmm. um and then Mac Wilson our biggest question mark on defense is our fucking linebacking core because everybody is practice squad or second and third string from last season none of we didn't retain a single starter in the linebacker position thanks Mac for AJ Wilson Klein, is by the way you're welcome so he's about to pull a Jordan Poyer <laughs> yeah and I'm gonna be fucking pissed about it too <laughs> so uh it's it's frustrating like the whole defense like we lost four players on defense and the whole thing crumbled our front four still probably one of the strongest in the league but now that's officially all we have going for us right now but cleveland's front office did a thing to where um i i have a little bit of excitement because this was actually a pretty solid pickup so in lieu in 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 light of mac wilson being injured uh, we went out and snagged Malcolm Smith for okay. for nothing. He's a, he's and are you familiar with Malcolm Smith? I was gonna say I don't know that I'm familiar with Malcolm Smith. Uh, he was the Super Bowl MVP when the Seahawks' defense slaughtered the Broncos. Okay, yeah, uh, super solid player. He's been in the season, been in the league for eight eight years or so. Uh, oh, his, so he was like Legion of Boom era. Yeah, he's Legion of Boom era linebacker. Uh, he of which didn't... we'll have much more to talk about later, but you know. <laughs> Good. Uh, so I'm hoping, I, I don't expect Legion of Boom era performance. I just want some consistency sure. <laughs> in that linebacker room because right now we got nothing. We got yeah. a bunch of question marks and then and then Malcolm Smith who won MVP in the Super Bowl, or he won Super Bowl MVP fucking, when was that Super Bowl? Seven years ago? Six years ago? Like something like that. Yeah. So, and I we haven't heard from him since. So I know he can bring some consistency and some veteran leadership. But as far as excelling in the second level on defense, there's like way too many question marks, especially after all these injuries. Uh, way too many question marks. Mm. Um, like like I said, the only thing, the only thing like like positive that I can take away is uh, the pieces that. The pieces that are still there have been showing up and doing well in training camp. Like um, Sheldrick Redwine, he's another safety on the team. Haven't brought him up before uh, because he hasn't done much for the team. Sure. Uh, he's second-year safety for the Browns. Uh, he's really he's really shown up and is performing well in training camp, which I'm excited to see because we definitely need the depth now. The... The only other keynote from the training camp is uh, evidently David Njoku is having some issues in camp after retaining him and him quote unquote committing to the team long term. Even though I because, saw a little bit about that, he seems still kind of like he seems kind of on the fence when talking to the media. He's not. And, he, it, it almost doesn't sound like he's saying, "I want to be here for a long time." It's more like he's saying, "I'm here." 
yeah, I'm here. This is where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, and then later he kind of backpedaled in that same interview and was just like, no, I want to be here long term. It's like, yeah, okay, sure. It kind, uh, well, it kind of sounds like he got pulled into a, a meeting room at one point, got told, dude, you have no value on the market. Right. And and I think a lot of the reasons why he doesn't have a value in the free market is the same reasons that he's – the same reasons are showing in training camp. Because, A, he missed the beginning because he had a foot injury. Right. Um and then early in camp, he was plagued with drops. And you know how many times I've told you I hate his hands. I love his athleticism. I hate his hands. And um, Austin Hooper and Bryant are just completely outplaying him at the tight end position, which is a shame because the dude is um, the dude is athletic. But Harrison Bryant and Austin Hooper are literally running away with it. So it's like we pulled him into the room and was just like, hey, you're not going to go anywhere worth a fuck. Like, you're not worth anything. And we're going to run two and three tight end sets because Stefanski likes those sets. And then Austin Hooper and Harrison Bryant were just like, yeah, like we're cool sharing the room with them, but he's third string. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're just, they're completely, they're completely outplaying him in, in training camp right now. Um, the passing game kind of struggled early in camp, but I feel, I always feel like it takes longer for offenses to adapt to new schemes than defenses. So defenses, especially with a new head coach, uh, a new coaching front in general, the defenses always tend to show up early in training camp and then everything starts coming together the closer we get to season, to the season. And that's kind of what we're seeing. Uh, You know, Baker Mayfield is getting more consistent in his performances, um, you know, and uh, the receiving core is starting to get more cohesive. Uh, One thing I am excited about is Hollywood Higgins and Baker are rekindling that chemistry they had when he played under Hugh Jackson. Hollywood. Um, Hollywood Higgins. Um, They're starting to rekindle that, that chemistry that they had when they played under Hugh Jackson for you know, that back half of that season mm-hmm. uh, prior to uh, Freddie Kitchens getting the job last year. And then last year, Higgins just wasn't used in the offense. And that was that was one of Baker Mayfield's go-to targets. So it's nice to see that chemistry kind of reawakening. So there are some positives to take away, man, but that was just such a fucking kick in the nuts. Like after, and especially because I felt, I felt responsible because remember when we had these conversations about uh, how we were kind of shallow at the offensive line, uh-huh, yeah. But but as long as we carried uh, carried our way through training camp healthy, we should be okay for the start of the season. Uh huh. At least it wasn't the offensive line. So I only fifty percent jinxed the training camp. Hold on, adding it to the yet list. <laughs> yet, yeah, add it to the yet list. Uh, but like that's literally all I've been able to think about all week. So that's really all I got. Well, I got a couple things. As far as the injuries go, we'll just we'll just peel some of these off of my notes. I've got a lot of injury notes for this week. Some of them are more relevant than others, but uh, I mean, generally, as far as injuries go, you got to think about it as these guys didn't have OTAs. These guys didn't have their normal run up. So sure. you're seeing a lot of people experience a lot of hamstrings, a lot of ACLs, a lot of soft tissue stuff. They're tight um, because they're all tight and they haven't, and they're still getting used to the pace of play once again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that's just completely across the league. So, you know, as we go through here, I'll be talking more about this with teams that I think are relevant, like Zach Ertz is hurt, but I didn't write that down. Like, several other people are hurt, but, uh, you know, I, I went for the ones. Honestly, a lot of them are fast skill position players, like right. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, you know, this week came down with a hamstring. 
mm-hmm. um, for the Chiefs, and I'm, and I've got some notes on the Chiefs for a little bit later. But it's like, you know, we we got to see, and with no preseason, no real time to rehab, like what you would consider early injuries, because a lot of times, you know, if somebody gets hurt at the beginning of of an OTA, as long as it's not an ACL, they're usually mm-hmm. back by week one still. And sure. a lot of times, if they're veterans, all you got to do is sit there and be like, all right, learn the playbook, be on the sideline for the rookies, you know, yada, yada, yada. We're not real worried about you. Like, I don't know what Tyreek Hill has to learn about football at this point because he's just such an athletic freak that he's like, what's a playbook? Yeah. Right. Like, just give me my route tree. Yeah. And it's <laughs> straight, usually. Yeah. It's it's this way or kind of like this way. <laughs> like. The, the old joke is, you know, the insult is, you know, you got a family tree that doesn't fork. Well, Tyreek Hill has a route tree that does mm-hmm. not fork for the most and he does, part. And he doesn't need it to because he, he, no, really nobody can catch it. him. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was that, I mean, and there's that clip from last year with his running back going to score a touchdown. And he's like literally catching up behind him to celebrate with him. It's like, it's like yeah, when you're not the most impressive person in your own highlight. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> kind of a problem it shouldn't be your highlight but uh one my my browns notes because i do have some i did make a couple um miles garrett let's talk about him for a minute because there were some things that i didn't that i didn't fully comprehend there he is um don't don't mind the helmet don't mind the helmet don't mind the helmet don't mind that guy actually Uh, fuck fuck that guy fuck that guy (laughs) what's the shirt say this week there it is pittsburgh started it and this is this is the solid stats are for losers, which of course I stand up and all my shit disappears. So who cares? I have but, very specific lighting. In my thanks, room. thanks for this shirt, uh, Mel Kiper, uh, for that <laughs> quote. Yeah. In regards to one Joshua Allen. Um, but Miles Garrett. So things I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Um, well, knew he was a ridiculous sack artist, but do you know how many exactly how many sacks he has in his games played without looking it up? Uh, in games played? In games played. 14? He's got... not uh, For his full career, sorry. Sorry, full career. Oh, full career. Uh, well, I know he averages like .8 or .9 a game, so... 35 and a half in 37 games. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that sounds right. Do you know what the Browns' record since Miles Garrett was drafted is in total? Better than it was. 13, 34, and 1. Worse than it was. <laughs> you, you, uh, last winning, you, did you know that your last winning season was in 2007? I did know that. When you went 10 and 6? So and six I bring. And missed the playoffs to a tiebreaker to Baltimore. I'm very familiar with that. <laughs> okay. I bring this up to say I saw an article today. Um, which kind of harkens back to some stuff Cole Beasley said, but it's interesting to see this come out of Miles Garrett at this point in his career because it is so much younger and he's still on his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. Cole Beasley well, basically basically said he, yeah. yeah, he's gotten an extension, but what he's in year four and he was a first round draft pick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So still technically on his rookie contract. Anyways, Cole Beasley basically said uh, there came a certain point where. Um, he woke up in Buffalo and said, 
basically, I don't care about anything outside of my family and the people inside of this building say. He said this within the last week. Like, you know, he came into Buffalo saying, oh, the additional opportunities and, and getting more targets are, are what I appreciate out of this team. And now he's gone to this complete just team mentality. Well, what Miles Garrett is now saying is that I don't care about all of the, I don't care about records. I don't care about winning awards. He just wants to win at this point in, yeah. in Cleveland. Yeah, well, being being literally the best player on a team that had 13 wins in three seasons can kind of be frustrating, yeah. <laughs> especially when the best player on the team is a Pro Bowl caliber game-shifting defensive end. Um, so I, I, I can see his frustration, and I, I like that attitude. Uh, I, that's news to me, so thanks for breaking it. It makes me feel a little bit better after this week. Uh, I like seeing key players star key players just having a team mentality and wanting to be in cleveland you know that's that's been a struggle for our team for so long nobody wanted to play in cleveland mm-hmm. um you know but like but this recent crop of young cats we got like odell and jarvis they want to be there like fucking baker wants to be there nick chubb he's just gonna play well i uh, mean baker's in arguably the best position he could be for his kind of mentality where it's like yeah i want to come into a place that's like been kind of trash for a while and then be the same. Like Baker yeah. wants to be the savior of Cleveland. Yeah, he he wants to be. And that he'll walk tell on you again. that. Yeah, he wants to be the walk. He he told people that. Like, it's like I'm here he to got, walk on water, and anything less is unacceptable. Yeah, when he got drafted, that was like one of the first things out of his mouth. Like he was like, "If anybody's going to turn around this franchise, it has to be me." Yeah, and it's like you know what, fucking do you, dude? Um, and one last note that kind of goes back a little bit uh, for your team. Sure. Um, uh, Kevin Johnson has been released from the hospital after he had his liver lacerated at practice uh, mm. not that long ago. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. hopefully your safety or hopefully your corner depth does rebound a little bit. I bring him up and made him noteworthy because he played with us last year. Yeah. So we got AJ Klein, you got Kevin Johnson basically. Yeah, and he he was towards former, the end of that former first round pick. Yeah, and, like, I mean, he played well for you guys. He was a rotational player, wasn't he? Um, yeah, he was basically rotational with Levi Wallace. Yeah, and I, he was on my list, but I started rolling downhill with my frustration and it just left him out. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I knew he was injured. I didn't know it was a liver lack. Yeah, so, I think it was originally reported as a kidney, but, yeah, liver laceration, but now in stable condition out of the hospital. Good. Well, uh, we wish him a swift and speedy recovery oh yeah as always with all these yeah. guys except and for don't... except for that guy that i can't yeah that guy fuck that guy he almost I... got murdered one time did you know that i yeah so i've heard <laughs> all right uh you ready to move on to some other news absolutely all right so the big news the big news is earl thomas but we're gonna wait on that for for one second just because um We'll get the COVID news out of the way first. Um, This weekend saw an unbelievable rash of false positive COVID tests. 10 teams and 77 false positives linking back to uh, the same facility in New Jersey. Yeah, Cleveland had a few. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, Including our our head coach. (laughs) Well, so including Josh Allen was one of the false positives for us. Okay. Um, So the Bills were like one of the most notably hit because our starting quarterback was one of the ones affected by it. So basically Brandon Bean had come out and said, okay, 
um, here's our list of injuries for training camp today. Uh, we've got some other people out. We can't say this or that, but if you can tell who's not on the field, you can put two and two together. Yeah. You could probably ex- extrapolate the information. We're providing you all the clues. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Josh was one of the ones affected. Um which made for an interesting day at practice because some of the things that were noticed were like, oh, Matt Barkley and the other quarterbacks kind of just stepped in and, like, weren't really shook by it. They were just like, all right, we'll fucking take the reps. And yeah, next man it, up. And it was nice to see, like, hey, Stefan Diggs can kind of work with any quarterback on our team. Well, and that provides something valuable for, like, obviously, I have, I do not wish the injury or illness of any player in the NFL, but, like, that provides something invaluable except one. for, except for one. Um, that provides invaluable first team reps that you're usually your quarterback room's not going to get if there's no competition, you know. Right. And Josh Allen is the starter, so he it's 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 beneficial for your guys to get in there and take first team reps. That was one of the things that you know just uh, that was very surprising when in 2018 when Baker started when Tyrod got injured is he took no first-team reps because they were committed to Tyrod starting. Mm -hmm. And the receivers, if you watch that Jets game, the first drive, the first drive where Baker started, uh, nobody knew his timing because he could throw so much. He could throw so much harder than Tyrod. The ball was getting there so much quicker. Mm -hmm. And by the time the receivers turned around, the ball was already here. They had no time to get their hands up for the ball. It's important to at least have a vague understanding of the timing of your backup you gotta, quarterbacks. You got to get that tempo down. Yeah, so so at least you have a vague understanding of the tempo of your quarterback room. I don't understand. I I, I get why they prioritize first-team reps for your starter, mm-hmm. but I don't understand why they don't rotate for a few drives or at least a drive just so the receivers understand the timing and tempo of the quarterback room because this is a contact sport. Well, the other the other funny thing is at this point, uh, like I said, the Bills aren't even letting people report like what groups are out there. Also, right. also they're opportunity groups. They're not like the ones, the twos, the threes. Gotcha. They're so, the different opportunity groups. Yeah, so they're they're trust the process. Yeah. They're, so they're strictly going with the you're playing for your position method. Uh, yeah. 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 Except uh, for Josh Allen. Um. Well, yeah. Except for Josh Allen, pretty much, and like the starting offensive line. But even that, um, we may be moving Cody Ford to guard again. Not in my notes, but just because you know we're talking about that kind of depth. Sure. Um. He may be moving from right tackle to guard. Um. But it's interesting. Because do you remember uh, Matt Stafford got blown up because he had a false positive like mm-hmm. a month or so ago, mm-hmm. um, and was like, ch- like basically almost chased out of the city. They were like, they were like, I was getting threats. My wife was getting threats. Like we couldn't take our kids to to school or to or daycare or wherever they were going. It's like. Mm-hmm. You know, couldn't do anything, couldn't show my face in Detroit because of this shit. And now it's like, here's 77 positive tests. What if this happens two weeks from now? It, it would have been a little bit different optic. What if it happens, what if 77 positive tests come up before the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's definitely a scenario we haven't discussed previously. Like, if, if there's a large group of fall, because you can't let them play. And it was 10 teams. Yeah, you can't let them play. Yeah. So, yeah, or like what or, if, all, what if, or what if, all those players have to sit. 
Yeah, so, like, what if, yeah, exactly, what if this does happen in two weeks? We get another batch of 100 false positives, and now we have uh, a significant talent pool that has to sit, you know, because... And you know who didn't get false positives? The Patriots? The team closest to the fucking facility. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, the Jets? No, the Patriots. It was the Patriots. Oh, the Patriots, okay. <laughs> I was just following that up with the team closest to the... I mean... Just say, I'm not saying there's a man on the inside, but what I am saying is if somebody had a man on the inside coughing on all sorts of samples. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a, I'm not saying it's beneath them. It's the I'm not saying it's happening. I'm just saying I haven't seen any proof yet that it's not happening. Exactly. I mean, speculation isn't slander. Yeah. And we're here for entertainment, not facts. So, I, moving on. <laughs> If there's, if there's, I'm not saying. Also, welcome to to my new prop because I got to cross stuff off my list now. (laughs) Okay. For those who don't know, it's a pen. It is a pen. Um, For all all those listeners out there, go watch the podcast. What are you doing? Yeah, go watch the podcast. We put it on YouTube now. I spend a lot of fucking time on this, like two and a half fucking days for the first one. Hopefully I won't have to do that again. Yeah, that was a nightmare. Best case scenario, less work. <laughs> Hard head shake. Okay, so so these are these are my notes uh, in the middle here on Earl Thomas. They started here and then kind of went there and there and there. So I got a little bit to talk about on this front. So this is probably yep. this is you're like trying to catch a serial killer over there. Yeah, this is the major news from this week. I would argue. Um, yep. Earl Thomas released from the Ravens. Initial mm-hmm. thoughts before we get into this. Uh, before I go down my list. I think as... I have mixed feelings about Earl Thomas being released because... Obviously we didn't see as much production from Earl Thomas as we've seen in previous seasons. Mm-hmm. But he provides he provides veteran leadership in a secondary from a coaching staff and secondary that once dominated the league. Okay. You know? Well, but l- l- let me let me run with that then real quick. Yeah. Because I've heard a couple things, which is one, does he necessarily fit? the Ravens scheme at this point and two mm-hmm. does he have the ability to effectively communicate what he's doing to younger players or is he Tyreek Hill where Tyreek Hill or even Darrell Revis because I, I was listening to Pat McAfee earlier um, uh, something I do at work a lot nobody at work listens to this so I can get away with saying that um, and Ryan Clark was on today, and he was talking about one of the things that made him valuable is as his skill set fell off over time, mm-hmm. he was able to communicate and teach other people, so he was still a resource within the room, whereas yeah. he would talk to, like, Darrell Revis, um, arguably one of the greatest safeties of all time, mm-hmm. and Darrell couldn't really communicate it. He just was like, well, you do this and you do that, and, da, da, da. and Ryan Clark was like, Yo, you said a lot of stuff, and I didn't understand any of it. Yeah. So, I I can just... can can Earl Thomas do that in the locker room? Can he actually teach, or is he just 
that instinctual of a player where he knows where he has to be, but he's not like he's not looking at a coaching position in 15 years. Yeah, and I think it's the latter. I think it's definitely the latter. He's uh, he's an instinctual guy. Uh, I from my understanding of the situation of his release, it was a lot of locker room slash personal reasons. Like he got there was, he got into pers- a physical fight with uh, Chuck Clark, who yeah, is who is a younger safety. Yeah, on there's the there's there's some personality clashes in Baltimore, and I'm going to be honest. Like like I said previously, uh, you know his performance has obviously fallen off since his days in Seattle. Uh, the Ravens don't need him. You know, you don't uh, think so? No, I don't think I don't think so. Uh, the and the reason why I say that is because the Ravens are one of those teams where like they had a really good defense last year, mm-hmm. but they also had the benefit of playing. I don't want to say second fiddle, but they they sat in the background compared to the offense. When you are playing ahead every week, it's super easy to play defense. And as long as long as the as long as the offense stays as dynamic and as productive mm-hmm. as they are, mm-hmm. then then the defense doesn't have much to worry about it. Worry about because they know the scheme at that point. If if you get three scores ahead, uh, they're going to throw the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that. You've eliminated half their game by just outscoring them. The defense didn't have to do shit to run down to stop the running game. The the offense has already done so much that the offense is now playing defense. You know, the yeah. best the best defense is a good offense. Now, I think they are still losing a valuable player, don't get me wrong, but I think it's it, it's going to take a different situation for if Earl Thomas is ever going to develop into that leadership role in the locker room, it's got to come from a different team. Because Baltimore is, they're hot. They're super hot right now. They're not in a position where we're looking to curate talent and build anything here. It's built, dog. Like, we're, ba- we're going out to win games. Baltimore is also in kind of a, uh, an uncharacteristic place for them compared to, you know, basically most of their existence where they've always been known as the smash mouth defense team. Whereas mm-hmm. now it's like... I don't know. Maybe maybe if they're in the game against the Rams where Kansas City was in the game, we still see both teams put up 50 points. Like Yeah, and that's that's something that comes as a that's a product of playing in the north, you know. The northern teams tend to have good shutdown defenses, especially in the AFC North. The AFC North is consistently considered one of the hardest defensive divisions to play in or against. Uh there's usually those one or two team outliers like Cincinnati over the past couple of years. Uh, hasn't been up to snuff for the AFC North, but even mm. the Browns, even the Browns on their off years, have always had solid defenses. They just couldn't fucking score points to save their lives. Right. The you don't win a six to three game by letting mm. up more than three points. Exactly. Every time, every time a team in the AFC North has been able to put it together on offense, they've they make waves. You know, that's that's how Ben Roethlisberger has several Super Bowls. We're going to yeah. talk about him a little bit later too. Yeah. So the the steel curtain has always been a thing, uh, especially now that they got their hands on Mika fin, Mika Fitzpatrick. Uh, Want to try, that, try again? that one again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the steel curtain has always been a thing, especially since they got their hands on Mika Fitzpatrick from did it again? Did it? Fitz. Fitz. Also, it's Minka. Fitz. Minka Fitzpatrick. By the way, this is all staying in now, so. Might as well just keep going. Mika Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Nailed it. First try. <laughs> uh, you know, so the Steelers' defense is great. 
uh, right now. And anytime you have a really good a really good defense, and then you're able to put together an offense, the AFC North has always been able to put successes together, and that's what we're seeing in Baltimore. Like they were a serious contender. Who would have thunk they would have went out in the playoffs last year the way they did? Definitely not anybody in Baltimore. Certainly not anybody in Baltimore. You know that was that was going to be the matchup. Is the the AFC Championship was going to be. Baltimore, Kansas, Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah, <laughs> that was the game we were all waiting for because nobody else in the AFC was competing. And then it just—I I mean, the Bills I mean, were tri- the Bills were trying. Yeah, they were certainly trying. Ooh, they're trying. Um, but yeah. Uh, so getting back to specifically Earl Thomas because I got mm-hmm. a couple other points. Again, sure. he's he's my big to you know catch a predator fucking list right here. So, um, Earl Thomas himself, uh, appears largely unfazed by this. Uh, I think he's actually tweeted something out already. Just like, just like shrugging his shoulders. Um, and, uh, apparently, you know, he's, a lot of people are saying the Cowboys because a few years back when he was still with Seattle, he literally went, which I don't think I ever heard this story at the time. But after playing the Cowboys, he literally followed them back into their locker room, telling Jason Garrett at the time, I remember hearing this come story. get me. Yep, I remember hearing this story. Um, which I hadn't heard and had to go back and read up on, because that's ridiculous. But he also left Seattle with a middle finger flying, so, you know, he let the birds leave with the bird. Um... And arguably, he's 31, but he's still probably going to improve most secondaries in the league. I mean, outside of, like, Buffalo, who's got their duo, um, outside of, I mean, I mean, does he end up in Kansas City opposite Tyron Matthew? Like, I mean, that'd be that's, gross. <clears throat> that's certainly a landing spot. I think Earl I think Thomas they play the same point. position, though, don't they? Don't they both play strong safety? No, the Honey Badger plays... Uh, well, no, yeah, he got moved back to safety. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I was, yeah, he, he was, when he was with Houston, he was playing in the slot. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a lot of people trying to figure out where he's going to go next. It'll probably happen relatively soon. Um, who was it? I... Mike, Mc, Mike McCarthy said that... Uh, a couple days ago they went over they had a big meeting for their roster and said that they're currently comfortable with their 80-man roster but you know they're also always looking to add good talent so um and then the last couple of things are uh baltimore currently owes earl thomas uh, a guaranteed 10 million dollars this year and he's the biggest cap hit for the ravens this year so basically they're calling his actions uh, detrimental to the team. To try to avoid it. To try and get some of that money back. Yeah. Um, but. I think getting in a fight with one of your teammates qualifies. Ish. You, yeah. But also, but also, I mean, training camp fights happen, though. Like, but the other thing is, like, are, if, are, if they can't imme- immediately prove it, this shit's yeah. going to arbitration, which means this is going to get dragged out anyways, which means. Oh, sure. He's locking up dead cap for at least this year. Yeah. But it'll free up cap. It'll free up cap next year, but they can't, like, they can't say, okay, can't we're done with Earl it. Thomas. Let's get Jadavian Clowney in here. Yeah. Well, and the, and going back to, you know, talking about conduct detrimental to the team, the most recent 
the most recent precedent we have for the behavior that that requires is Antonio Brown. Right. Absolutely. And I haven't seen anything from Earl Thomas to indicate he's at that level. Like get, getting in a getting in a physical altercation with a teammate during training camp that unfortunately happens a lot in the NFL, and a lot of people kind of gloss over it. Fights happen in the NFL in training camp. It's a contact sport. It's hot. People get heated. They get in each other's face. They get into shoving matches, and sometimes swings happen. Well, Earl Thomas seems like he's a sore thumb in a culture that's trying to build up and be strong. He doesn't seem like he has early onset CTE. Right. And I I guess I really just take issue with the the phrasing conduct detrimental to the team Mm. because that could literally be anything. Well, yeah, but that's also why it's kind of a catch-all phrase and why it's in people's contracts so that they can, I mean, it's the not for long for a while, for a reason. Sure, but uh, what determines things that are that vague is precedent. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, precedent we have is literally one of the craziest people that's come out of football in the past decade, yeah. <laughs> at least yep. in recent history. <laughs> like, not only was he getting fights, he was also uh, arguing and physically getting in altercations with his coaches and lambasting the entire team across social media. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you call uh, Mike Mayock? A cracker-ass bitch or yeah. something like that? Yeah, Craig called, his, yeah, called Mike Mayock a cracker-ass bitch. Something uh, along those lines. Um, to tie this in real quick, uh, Des Bryant recently worked out with the, uh, with the Ravens. Good for him. Um, so I have my all emotions team here that I'm working on, <laughs> which is, uh, funny you brought up Antonio Brown because my two wide receivers for the all emotions team are Des Bryant and Antonio Brown. Uh, and then Earl, Earl Thomas at safety. So you were just, I mean, you probably throw Richard Sherman in there at the other safety, um, but, you know, I'm fleshing this team out. This will be, you know, we're not doing a fantasy draft mm-hmm. this year. So uh, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do an all-emotions draft, there which I'll go. totally keep up with. No, you won't. Anyways. This is us shaking our head. That was just a, that was a quick note. Um, uh, mentioned Jadavian Clowney, so here's the Clowney check-in. Still unsigned. Still unsigned, still a travesty. Still, I I don't think I you know I don't think Jadavian Clowney is worth the money that he's probably looking for, and that's why he's still a free agent. I think he is worth the money. I think he's going to end up on a team that cuts some people and free up some cap space after they figure out either where their team's at or where COVID's at. I mean, because he could just wait for somebody to get sick at this point. I think Jadavian Clowney is waiting for a a Miles Garrett contract. You think so? Yeah. I mean, wh- why else is he not on a team? Oh, just waiting out to see where things shake out. I, I mean... mean yeah, training camp... I mean, you're right. I mean, training camp does change the dynamic because, you know, people get injured, people get cut, you know, like, it It changes the dynamic of the market. It changes the market's worth. It adjusts that value. But I think Jadavian Clowney, if he was serious about getting back on the field, uh he would have taken if he was serious about getting back on the field early mm-hmm. obviously he would have taken market value uh and i think but i but i and i think he wants to do that but i think his idea of his market value and team's valuation of his market value are very different and i tend to kind of be somewhere in the middle because Jadavian Clowney to me 
super talented dude, mm-hmm. n- not a sack machine show-stopping defensive end. He never was. No, but he's great against the run. He's yeah, great at he's, stuffing the he, run. He's, he's a run stuffer, and he's consistent. And uh, He'll I get think, you nine and a half sacks a year, which is not... At, it's not setting the market, but it's definitely something. Sure. And I think, I, I'm sorry, go on. I think Jadavian Clowney is... I think Jadavian, I think just the teams in Jadavian Clowney are too far apart, obviously, because he's not on the team. They need to meet in the middle. They need to understand what he's actually worth, because I have no doubt that teams are underbidding for him. Because, well, it's possible. I'm thinking... Yeah. But you got to think about the other... So here's something I just thought of since we've been talking about him like literally right now. What if he's making the the next level mental play of saying, hey, if nobody wants me and if COVID gets real bad, why would I tie myself to a team with a contract this year? Because he can't opt out anymore. Uh, pull a, he can pull a Le'Veon Bell. And, and he could just sit, and then he's still yeah. a complete free agent going into the next year. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, some people, uh, you know, obviously he'll lose out on any game checks or anything. Again, assuming we have games. Yeah. Um, but but I, I assume know. financially he's fine. He's probably fine. I mean, yeah. what, the, the Seahawks just paid him like $16.5 million, I think was his last one-year yeah. contract. Yeah. He, he'd be all right for a little bit. Yeah, and I think... I think he's probably looking for something close, like, in that ballpark. Yeah, I think um, he still is. Yeah, and teams aren't willing to pay that because he didn't... He It was a prove-it-or-lose-it contract in Seattle, and he didn't prove it. Seattle cut him, you know? Certainly. But that's my clowny checking because I still want him on the Bills. So. I, I still want him on a team. I think he's too talented to not play football. Yeah. Uh, speaking of someone who's too talented to not play football but chose not to, um, happy Andrew Luck retirement day. That is today. That happy, is today. Happy completely flipped the game on its head day. Yeah. Happy uh, retire during the fourth quarter of a preseason day. Yeah. Happy Jacoby Brissett getting starting money from Carolina off of Andrew Luck's retirement day. Yeah. Or not, not fucking Carolina. Where'd he go? Who? Jacoby Brissett. He's, he's still with he's the still Colts. In, he's still in the Colts, right? Yeah, I was yeah. thinking of Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but they've got they got Philly Rivs now, so that they um, do. So so just ignore everything I just said, <laughs> and ignore me agreeing with it because I definitely wasn't just agreeing to be agreeable and looking at my notes. That didn't happen. <laughs> just got, yeah. Go editor guy. <laughs> it's funnier if we leave it in, editor man. <laughs> That'll probably all stay. Um. So a couple a couple quick notes. Just wanted to bring that up because it is literally today, August twenty fourth, twenty twenty, Tuesday or not. Fuck you. This is Andrew Luck retirement day. Um, still count six point four million against the Colt salary cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on a big contract when he retired. Yeah. Um, and I and I did the and I did the quick math. So the Colts have twenty two point six million in calorie in calorie space in salary cap space left. And um, salad space. After signing Philip Rivers, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, "Well, wait. I wonder if Andrew Luck stopped them from getting Tom Brady." But Philip Rivers and Tom Brady have the same year-to-year cost, so yeah, it wasn't something that devious. I wasn't like, "Look at this news hunk that I can yank out of the grid." And it's like, no, 
Yeah, it's it's actually pretty cut and dry. Uh, they paid they paid average market for two old ass quarterbacks. <laughs> so that is page one. Oh joy. Yep. I'm gonna be here for a while. Yeah, not that long. We're moving through here pretty quick. Good thing I have water. Yeah. Um. So that's just a quick Andrew Luck not update, but you know that was a year ago today. It, it, I I heard that it was a year ago, and I was like, it really seems like it's already been way longer than that. Yeah, it kind of feels like it. It kind of feels like it's been several. Yeah. You know, with just everything in the world that's been going on. I mean, yeah. honestly, the, just you know, just as a little side note, this like feels like the longest off season slash preseason that I've ever experienced. I mean, just because just because so much is up in the air. I know well, technically it is yeah, because I was the season. Technically yeah, speaking, technically it is because the season's starting late, but like. I it feels like because we were this close to just not having football, so like it feels like it's been an eternity since I've watched people run into each other. Yep. So I was so happy hockey came back. Yep. Uh, all right, let me jump around a little bit. Um, so Roger Goodell says that he wished he had listened to Colin Kaepernick earlier. Uh, my notes here say. Duh, wrong side of history, and too little too late. Do you have anything to add to that? No, pretty much nail on the head. Okay, just making sure. Figured we'd put that out there, because that was... He was on a podcast uh, earlier this week, and was like, yeah, I should have listened to him earlier. And it's like, like I said, duh. Mm-hmm. Um, so, figured we'd just throw that out there. He is the commissioner. Um, jumping back to the Ravens real quick, Lamar Jackson uh, missed the last two practices uh, with a groin injury. Um, I only add him to my injury list because he is last year's MVP and a groin injury on a mobile quarterback is not the kind of thing you want. Uh, I mean, Odell played through a sports hernia and got 1,100 yards, so he'll be fine. Was Odell the MVP? You don't need to be an MVP to win Super Bowls. As as Patrick Mahomes. Uh, wasn't Wasn't he the MVP, though? Not the year he won the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl MVP, but those are two different things. Hey, Lamar, yeah. got to be there to win it. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl MVP, RJ. <laughs> yeah, but he earned that shit. Everybody does, but it's a game. Yeah. You know, that's like uh, the NFL has uh, – football in general has some of the greatest parody in, in professional sports. You could be the best – best motherfucker that's ever you know wrapped their fucking hands around a pigskin and doesn't translate to shit but uh yeah that looking sucks at, yeah looking at you Philip Rivers mm-hmm. um, I, re- I really I really I obviously I don't wish I've said this before I don't want anybody to ever be injured in the NFL but it'd be super cool if Lamar Jackson missed a few games <laughs> yeah like the Browns ones yeah like those two specific games that'd be Mm -hmm. pretty cool uh let's just run through injury news since i've got it here um so a little bit more injury news to talk about uh tyreek hills dealing with a hamstring Uh uh-huh uh again kind of like lamar fast guy leg injury not something you necessarily want to see hopefully it's just a stinger i like watching the cheetah on the field exclusively though i can't condone his actions off the field yeah, they refer to it as a minor injury, so hopefully it's not a big deal. Um, unlike the 49ers, who are running through wide receivers, arguably faster than Tyreek Hill. Have you been keeping up with any of this? 
Uh, oh, the injuries coming out of 49ers training? Yeah, out of San Francisco. Yeah, they're on their fourth strings playing the one right now? They're on their fifth string now. Oh, okay, good. Um, added since I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Ayuk, their 25th overall uh, rookie wide receiver, is now on the list with a hamstring. But, yeah, the 49ers currently, if you're a wide receiver, maybe take some life insurance out on yourself. because It's not, it's, it's not a race, folks. Yeah, guys, to be the most injured. So Brandon Ayuk has a hamstring. Debo Samuel has a Jones fracture, which I had to look up. It's in your foot. It's on your fifth metatarsal, I think, is what it said. Oh, look at you, metatarsal. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Jalen Hurd has an ACL. Uh, He's probably done for the year. He's on IR. Um, And uh, I think this says Richie James. I should really write my notes a little bit nicer. Um, Has a wrist injury. uh, That is probably going to cause him to miss some, like, actual season time. So, yeah, don't play wide receiver for the 49ers right now because it's bad yeah it's a bad omen um it's supposed to be the chiefs that are going through a super bowl slump not the 49ers yeah seriously when you lose you're not supposed to be out of it like that um it's rough i wonder if they're gonna hit the free agency oh yeah bring antonio brown in yeah that's what i was and thinking, des yeah. just bring antonio brown and des bryant and des bryant. There, there you go yeah you fix the problem the all emotions team and they'd have richard sherman they'd have to, hell and pick and why not why not Earl Earl Thomas Thomas? There. <laughs> you want to have to keep up with the stats because they're on the same team they're on the same team just call it the 49ers now all emotions team <laughs> um and not technically an injury but still health related um t's and p's to ron rivera uh who's got cancer Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I brushed over that headline. I I originally heard it as uh, lymph node cancer, but uh, squamous cell cancer. Not something I'm familiar with. But he's got it, uh, and he continue. He plans on continuing forward as the head coach. So I mean, all all the best to him fighting through that because yeah. I mean that shit is. I mean, fighting against cancer is fucking exhausting. Yeah, well, especially skin cancer. It's not like you can just, like, cut, cut it out. off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, unless it's, like, a specific cancerous spot. Yeah. But, right. um, but, uh, if I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure squamous cell cancer isn't a cancerous growth on the skin. It's just an overproduction of squamous cells. Yeah. So it, so it can be diffuse. Um, so. The not, big thing, not great when you're trying to start running a new team. Yeah, not 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 great. That sucks. Uh, T's and P's to Ron Rivera, as you stated. Uh, keep it out of your lungs. So that's normally where skin cancer moves. So for real. Um, let's see what's next. We get we can move into some more fun, some lighter stuff now. Uh, we talked about Tyreek Hill though, so let's talk about the Chiefs for a little bit. Um. The Chiefs are banning headdresses at Arrowhead Stadium, uh, though face paint will still be allowed. Okay. Oh, so like the ceremonial headdress, guys. Yeah. Uh, this likely coming in the wake of the Washington football team getting rid of, you know, their team branding. That thing. That thing. Um, also, they're apparently either reviewing or planning on reviewing the Arrowhead shop. 
Um, right. and, and whether or not they should use their big war drum or not. Look, at that point, just change the team name. Like, seriously. Like, like okay. I, although I agree, like, if, if groups, if minority groups feel that it's insensitive, don't do it. But, like, we're talking about everything. You know, yeah. just change the name at that point. Like, I mean, like, I guess the argument would be like, at least they're just the Chiefs, and at least like in hockey, the Blackhawks are just the Blackhawks. Sure, and like they're in not, baseball, they're not, they're not the Redskins. Yeah, and baseball, they were the Indians. You know, not not as safe as the Chiefs, but it's not the Redskins. And Cleveland has though that away. logo, that logo for the Indians. Yeah, well, maybe, that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist anymore. Like, maybe that's, don't do that yeah, one. Yeah, and that's like. Uh, Cleveland started. Cleveland Indians started making those changes before mm-hmm. any of this started happening. They're like, "All right, the Chiefs gone, but we're still the Tribe." And it's like, you know, we can we can tolerate that for now because we were still able to call them the Tribe. They're still the Indians. We still got all the you know Tribe Indian stuff in the stadium. If you're stripping away what fundamentally makes the environment, that's like okay, that's like in my perspective. Uh, like if you go to a Cleveland Browns game and you're in the fan zone, it's called the dog pound. Okay. Right. Now let's say there's a group. Let's say Michael Vick played for that team. Uh, no, let's not. Wait. Uh, let's say there's a group of dogs that take offense of using a dog as a mascot, mm-hmm. and instead of changing the team, Where they just are my take balls, a- Summer. They <laughs> yeah. If they somehow get smart helmets and make robot bodies for themselves, yep. and like so they take away Chomps and the dog pound, but it's still the Browns. You know, like. Yeah, technically the Browns is named after a dude, but the Browns are it's it's a bulldog. It always has been. Um like at that point where is the if where's the tradition? You know, there's a big thing with sports. Like part of the part of the importance or part of the, you know, experience of going to a prof- especially professional sports, but you I I assume you've experienced it in the collegiate level. Like like so uh, have you ever gone to an ECU f- football game? We're 2-0, and including the time that we beat uh, potentially Pat McAfee's West Virginia 24-3. Yeah. So even better example. third in the country. So g- even better example. Suck it, so, Pat. So <laughs> imagine there is a group of pirates. Pat, that were... I take that back. Please have us on the show or come talk to us. Yeah. Like imagine there's like you Just went to, to that. trying to get like you, cuz. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Uh, you went to a Pirates football game. You went to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. And uh, the energy there, you had the pirate ship, you had the ARG pirates, you had the fucking cannon going off. But there was a group of pirates that was like, that's racially insensitive to pirates. So they took away... <laughs> so they took away... Well, follow, here's, follow your me. First, here's your first problem. Pirates follow aren't me. a race. I, I, I know. I'm, I'm drawing lines, okay? okay. Uh, but imagine you went to those same games... Without the ship, without the cannon, without the Ard pirates, but they were still called the pirates. You stripped away almost all of the attitude, tradition, and environment from that game. Ooh, I don't know. We've been Shank- out in the parking lot. Yeah, tailgating's different, and you know it. Like, yeah, our tables can- are on fire. <laughs> if you can't, if you can't bring that 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 game day environment and that game day ambiance that makes going to live sports so special mm-hmm. shift the perspective to something that allows you to do that change the fucking name and rebuild that environment like i agree with not having headdresses there that's offensive especially yeah. with white people i i 
I I'd argue strongly that face paint shouldn't be allowed. Mm. You know, but, then, I, but I I think at that point it's hard to draw the line between like this side like. The, the difference is, like, are you trying to dress up like a Native American or are you trying to dress up like a MasterCard? Sure, yeah. I mean, they're... Yeah, I mean, fair point. But For their specific like, colors. Sure, yeah, fair point. So, but, like, if, if these groups are asking you to stop doing the drum and stop doing the tomahawk... Especially since they do apparently have, like a long history of bringing local native tribes like into yeah. the stadium and and having you know almost hey, using we recognize it as, you yeah using it as almost like an, an homage moment you know uh if if these groups if those same groups are asking you to stop doing the doing the tomahawk and doing the drum then you just need to change the name dude like and it, well and I, I think the i think the I don't think that they'll lose the tomahawk or the drum. That was just other things that the chiefs themselves said that they were investigating. Sure, like, sure, like sure. proactively. Yeah, and I, and like I said, I'm not upset one way or the other based off the decision. Uh, I, it's hard for me to be upset. I'm, you know, I'm I'm Caucasian in appearance. Um, uh, the reality of of my my race is a mystery. A mystery. But uh, I'm, you know, I. I I can't be offended, but what I can do is I can I can appreciate the positions of the groups and the minorities, and as long as it's an internal investigation by the chiefs and they're doing their due diligence, I commend them for it. But the mm-hmm. moment these groups are asking them to do it, they need to change the name. Oh. Know, it's it's the same thing. Like me as a Cleveland Indians fan, there's a big movement amongst the tribe fans, myself included, to rename the team back to the Cleveland Spiders. Interesting. Because there's, there is a growing movement of tribes and minority groups that even though Cleveland has taken the right steps to, you know, remove the chief and all the offensive material, they just don't want to be, they don't want their people <laughs> to be a sports team. Right. I 100% agree with that sentiment. If it's a profession, I'm cool with, like the Mountaineers or like uh fucking, like, the Oilers, you know, or the Steelers, you know, things like that. Groups of people that's like a profession, a trade, things like that. It's cool. We've had this conversation before mm-hmm. uh, because the Steelers was the the thing that you mentioned. Uh, groups of people that is a profession no, uh, or the, a trade. The Packers. Yeah, and the Packers. Yeah, yeah, the Packers. Uh, groups groups of people that are a trade or a profession, cool. Groups of people that are distinguished by their color or their skin, they don't need to be a mascot for a sports team. Yeah. So Change if we're... From the Indians to the Cleveland racist cops. <laughs> well i mean just saying yeah well then every sports team should just be the city racist cops i was gonna go with staten island but i mean the yankees are never gonna change their name yeah well it could just be the 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 that would just be like the new york racists i mean it could be the buffalo headcrackers for you know all of our shit recently so you know <clears throat> I'm here to lose points on all sides. <laughs> we should just be the city. The city. No, that's... Mm, Oakland beat you to that. No, they're the town. Sorry. Yeah, San Francisco. San Francisco is the city. You sure it's not Compton? It's San Francisco. In the city. No, 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 no. It's the city of Compton. Yeah. yeah. Um, one more note from the Chiefs. Um... They held a practice uh, in front good. of fans. Oh, not good. 
Yeah, 2,000 fans in the stadium. Socially distanced, required to wear masks, uh, which was great. Uh, they had them in pods, so I guess they let people that, like, came together sit together. Because, like, literally... It's, it's like going it's to a so, restaurant. It's so great seeing these fucking pictures out of these fucking practices where these fucking people have their fucking masks around their fucking necks talking to other fucking people. And then it's like, what are you doing? Why'd you even come here? So it was like, it was this one picture of Kansas City fans that were sitting, like, not socially distanced because there was three of them in this selfie. And if you're going to take a selfie and socially distance, it's not how that shit works. Yeah, you, you need the wide angle lens. You got to bust that sucker out. Got to get the 20 foot selfie stick. Yep. Um, but yeah, so they, they held a live practice in, in front of about 2,000 fans. Uh, so. How many are sick? Yeah. Like, what's going to happen now? Yeah. Um, but I considered that noteworthy. Sure. I mean, uh, because I haven't, I haven't heard of another like, the Bills are barely letting media into, into training camp. So, yeah, the Browns are, they're doing their standard. Like the practices are closed practices, but their media practices are the same as they mm. normally would be. Um, I've only got about two more things, and they are relatively closely related because one of them kind of kicks off a conversation that leads to the second. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about Miami, and then let's talk about Buffalo. To, okay. We'll we'll start with brown stuff. We'll end with buffalo stuff. Sounds good. Uh, sandwich. This is full circle. That's <laughs> not a square with the corners. It's a circle. Going back to the Mastercard symbol it's or a heart. heart. Yeah. Um. So Miami uh, has announced, like some other teams have. You hit them with one of these, like like gang sign hearts. Makes for great audio. <laughs> well, what are you doing listening? Go watch the fucking podcast. I'm watch the podcast. YouTube.com forward slash fourth and wrong. It's it's on my Twitch channel. It's on the, my Facebook. <laughs> Do it. Um, so Miami has announced that they're going to have fans uh, at their week two opener. They're going to have 13,000 uh, fans there. Uh, Kansas City has, has previously announced that they're planning on having... Uh, 22% capacity. Um, other teams have announced, like, I think the Patriots said they're not having fans through September. So each team is kind of taking this at their own pace. Um, what made this stand out to me is their home opener is against Buffalo. Uh, so Sean McDermott came out and called, uh, basically, like, was questioning competitive advantage for, like, hey, some teams get to have people or are having people, other teams aren't. The major reason that I think Sean McDermott is upset about this is because this is the one time that you can really say there's only one team in New York. And when you've got when this is going to get a little political, but when you've mm-hmm. got uh, Andrew Cuomo saying you can't play games in New York, there are two teams that have fucking New York in their name that are unaffected because they're actually in New Jersey. Yeah. And Buffalo is the only team that's fucked by it. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a fair. I I think that's a fair uh, criticism to the decision. Uh, and unfortunately, like you you alluded to, it's a state to state thing. Yep. Uh, and I do honestly, I wouldn't want to play any games in Florida. So Tom just, Brady's probably gonna have fans there cheering for him. Yeah, just take the fucking L if you're playing a Florida team. Save yourself the death. Yeah, well, we got to play at least one twice a year, so. 
Yeah, unfortunately, you're kind of fucked because you can't take two division losses in that division. Uh, well, I mean, this wait. year, yeah, this year <laughs> you might be able to get away with it. You know what, man? Yeah, because that's the that's official NFL rule. If you don't want to play, you take the loss. You know, yep. it's it's whoever shows up and straps up, they take the win. Uh, and sticking with the Bills for a second, um, there was some conversation recently. Uh, also, um, McDermott commenting on this, saying that um, the skepticism of Josh Allen at this point is understandable, uh, which is pretty candid coming from the head coach. I think it's fair, though. I think. Uh, I... Well, what uh, again? What he said about it was, until you silence that, it's gonna be a problem. Like until you yeah. definitively put the stamp down and say. Nah, we can chuck with anybody. Yeah. Uh, it's understandable. I think like maybe said. we've seen this before. We've seen this before with coaching staff using the media to motivate their players. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's something that might be going on right now? I think, no, I think at this point it's not even a motivational thing. I think at this point, um, the I think Brandon Bean as the GM and I think um, Sean McDermott as the head coach have shown the utmost faith in Josh. And I think this is a conversation that they've had with him where it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, the media is going to continue to say this, but I think, I think Josh knows he's like, he's like, yeah, I mean, I throw, I threw 58%, but he's continuing to improve. Yeah. It's this, this is his first two years. Yeah. This is the year we need to see return on investment, right? This is, this is, Hey, year three quarterback, Mm-hmm. usually pretty defining. I mean, a lot of people you say you see him in year two, but mm-hmm. some people, you know, Baker included, see a sophomore slump. Yep. So we'll see how he rebounds this year. Um, but he's also got more weapons now than he's ever had, and that's that's undeniable. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If if Josh Allen, this is the year where, especially with how, how I'm going to use this term, I'm going to use this term very uh, aggressively, but... Uh, how simple the transition from quarterback from college to pro has become in recent history as compared to, you know, five, maybe ten years ago. He was playing at Wyoming. (laughs) The transition is probably a little harder for him because he's coming from Wyoming. But, uh, you know, we've integrated college-style offenses are being integrated into the league to make the transition a little more more lenient for your your younger quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it's he's at a point in his contract, and I'm. This is true for Baker Mayfield too. So I'm not being prejudiced for Josh Allen. Uh, no, I 100 percent know what yeah, you're about to say. Yeah, and agree he's with at it. he's at a point in his contract to where one of three things is going to happen: he's going to get cut, he's going to play well enough to get his fifth year option, or he's going to play well enough to get extended. Yep. And obviously, the latter two, uh, ex- uh, preferably the latter. Uh, yeah. is is the ideal scenario but uh it's this is the point in his contract where these decisions start getting made and unfortunately for Josh Allen or fortunately for Josh Allen is this is probably the best the team has looked for him to succeed and make those latter two options a reality oh it's not it's not a this is not a maybe this is this is we went from again like we talked about last week we went from Zay Jones and Kelvin Benjamin to John Brown and Cole Beasley, to now those two with Stefan Diggs, and two wide receivers out of what was called the deepest wide receiver class, arguably in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Like, we still drafted two wide receivers. They're still putting up numbers, and a lot of reports out of Bill's camp say 
the wide receiver battle is like a looks real good and b yeah like yo robert foster who who i hold this you know i hold a special place in my heart for for some of those deep bombs from tyrod Mm -hmm. um he's uh he might not make the team isaiah mckenzie who's been our you know our our jet sweep specialist and occasionally like kick and punt returner might not make it like Mm -hmm. There are guys, it, and it depends how many, like, this is the first year you look at it and you're like, how many wide receivers are we going to keep on the roster? Because normally it's like five, but is it going to be like seven? Yeah. We don't know. So we'll see how that goes. Um, my one last Bill's note, and then we're going we're gonna to get into a fun thing. I didn't realize I saved this for last, but I'm gonna. Good. Uh, um, one last thing for the Bills. Um, Deion Dawkins, I don't think we talked about this. Uh, our left tackle was extended. Okay. So he was drafted second round. Um, so he didn't have a fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. So he just got extended four years for $60 million. So That's promising. Top, It's top five pay for a top 25 left tackle. Or for a top 25 tackle. Yeah. So it's good to keep the consistency and it's good to... It's good for McDermott and Bean to continue to show that, like, they're practicing what they preach where we're going to bring our guys in, we're going to keep, like, we're going to retain, and we're going to take care of you. Yeah. Um, you know, gonna, next up on the list is is arguably Matt Milano mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully Brandon Bean, you know. Not that yeah. that affects our salary cap. Yeah, but... and, you, and you guys still have the cap, the cap to play. So yeah. it's, it's especially if especially if you kind of chill out. <laughs> If you kind of chill out for the rest of this offseason and let those those next extensions roll into next year's cap. Yeah, except for that whole salary cap thing. We don't know how that's going to play out yet. Yeah. So, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. And, and that's one thing that I've actually been surprised with is due to the uncertainty of what the cap's going to do over the next five years because it's probably That's gonna, what they spaced it out That's for. what they're spaced it out for. Uh, I'm surprised uh, teams aren't getting buy happy now. Yeah, while the cap space is there, and then structuring the contracts to where it's really front end heavy, and they they can play under the cap if the cap is affected dramatically. They're still playing under the cap. Um, I I feel like uh, I feel like right now the teams are um, the, the now. Granted, there's not a Jadavion Clowney's still on the market, but there's not a huge discrep. There's not a huge pool of talent like there was last offseason. Hey, uh, uh, have you heard of Earl Thomas? He's on the yeah. market. Yeah, you got Earl Thomas and, you know, fucking uh, that guy I just said, Jadavion Clowney. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, there's a lot more moving and shaking, I felt like. or maybe Well, just... especially last year was big for, or this year was big for the quarterback. Yeah. Next year is going to be big for the running back mm-hmm. because you've got the likes of like Alvin Kamara and a bunch of other people coming mm-hmm. up on their contracts. Yeah, that I wouldn't be surprised if they walked because they can get paid somewhere. Yeah, you know? and or uh, or swapped te- around depending on how things fall. I mean, yep. and the teams they play for currently uh, kind of cap tight. You know, like Alvin Kamara. Uh, can you imagine the Saints in two like next year? Drew Brees wins a Super Bowl this year somehow beats that offense in tampa bay probably not gonna happen but we'll see um and so he rides off into the sunset camara ends up somewhere else and it's just Jameis winston and and fucking 
God, what's his name? What's what's the wide receiver there? I can't remember right now. Michael Thomas. Yeah, he's got such a generic name. I'm sorry, Michael Thomas, but yeah. yeah. Best receiver in the name. league, generic generic ass name. <laughs> Listen, it's like don't put Storm in the title of your video games or I'll forget about it. Yeah. Um, or the title of your developer. Yeah, seriously. Who but yeah, Michael have? Thomas will have like 3,000 yards. James Winston will have 6,000 and they'll miss the playoffs. I thought you were about to say Michael Thomas will have 3,000 yards and Jameis Winston will have 60 picks. Oh, well, you know. Also a possibility. Michael Thomas will have 3,000 yards and Jameis Winston will have 3,001 yards passing. Yep. But no touchdowns. But no t- <laughs> <laughs> uh, One thing I do want to note, because you brought it up, uh, just real quick. Uh, evidently, Rob Gronkowski is having a really difficult time adjusting to the weather in Tampa. Uh, what he, too nice uh, he's no, partying it's too, too it's, often it's it's too hot he played oh. in new england <laughs> well, yeah uh he, he's he, also he, i mean he's also two years removed from the league three years you know two years removed you from also the know where he's from right uh buffalo well yeah amherst literally the same town i'm from yeah you almost went to high school with him yeah so well no i think he he transferred his junior year to go play somewhere else like some prep school or something for football but yeah he's from the area yeah. So you know, you know who else is from Buffalo? Oh, I mean, a lot of people. So now, now you got me throwing darts at a board. Fucking cannibal corpse. Oh yeah. <laughs> Something I didn't know. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, one of the the one of the patriarchs of modern American death metal is right there in Buffalo. They they practice in a downtown storage unit. Of course they did. Well, it was the nine. It was the late eighties, so you could get away with that shit. All right, so our opinion piece of this episode... Oh, we have editorials now? Kind of. Well, I heard an opinion earlier that made me shake my head and then made me think about it. Okay. And then also made me make fun of Cincinnati, because it's Cincinnati. Um, So, question. Is Ben Roethlisberger the fourth best quarterback in the AFC North? No. Okay, that was that's what I've got. I've got no, and then comma will probably not. Um, but yeah, there, this Those... opinion was this opinion was put out earlier. I would still say he's probably the second best quarterback. Yeah, I would put him like second, maybe third. Like like dep- like like based off of recent performances, he's definitely at least third, but like probably second. Who the fuck said that? Some guy on ESPN that Ryan who the was f- talking to. Who the fuck? <laughs> Puts Joe Burrow, dude that hasn't played a single snap in the NFL. And again, he's a, from, and again, he's playing in Cincinnati. And so. he's playing in Cincinnati against the three-time Super Bowl champion, fucking uh, my opinions about Pittsburgh aside. Which uh, ones? I can, which ones? I can't see him because you're blocking him right now. Uh, my opinions of Pittsburgh aside... <laughs> um, Ben Roethlisberger is one of the best quarterbacks to ever throw a football. Um, not necessarily because of, like, his... Like, he, he doesn't, like... I, he's had seasons where he's lit up the stat lines. The problem with Ben Roethlisberger is the same problem you have with, like, Cam Newton. He's too big and too slippery to tackle. The difference is uh, Roethlisberger... And Josh Allen. And Josh Allen, yeah. Uh, but Roethlisberger is also slow, so he doesn't scramble. He's just really hard to tackle. He's a very large individual. Um, so he slips, and then slings and then tut down um i hate 
Ben Roethlisberger because I'm contractually obligated to do so. Yeah, that's kind of how that happens. But there is no fucking way anybody that has a even a fraction of an understanding of professional football that could ever say that an, a rookie is ever as good Super Bowl champion as a Super Bowl champion league MVP future Hall of Famer until next season or this coming season when he has the opportunity to prove it yeah do something about it you can be skeptical about it well is Josh Burrow or is uh, Joe Burrow better than Ben Roethlisberger he could be and that's the caveat. He now, Josh be. Burrow. Now, Josh Burrow. The freak combination of Josh <laughs> Allen losing an arm yeah, and, and it then, being plugged into Joe Burrow. Maybe. Yeah. Well, or better scenario uh, because of Josh Allen's struggles in the league. Josh Allen's legs attached to Joe Burrow's arm, who actually can hit throws. Past oh, I was waiting guards. for you to say Jaker Burrow. <laughs> where no. you put you put baker's head onto josh <laughs> allen's arm with see what you do is you take patrick mahomes's arm no you take josh allen's arm you take well okay you take josh allen's arm patrick mahomes's head uh, okay in fairness we'll take we'll take mahomes's left arm he does he does throw a pretty good throw with that one too he do do okay yeah he do do all right I wonder what the uh, discretion. I wonder what the discrepancy between his right hand accuracy and left hand left hand accuracy is. Probably pretty significant. Yeah. Well, I don't think the sample size is big enough to actually like quantify it. Well, but okay. I, I, I mean, think the percentage is technically higher with his left hand. Yes, he's a hundred percent. He's a hundred percent on his left hand. So. We're not going to get into statistics and why that's a stupid <laughs> argument right now, but everybody knows it. Sample size is important, kids. Ding. Um, do we have anything else to talk about? Uh, Raiders wide receiver uh, Tyrell Williams tore his labrum. Okay, so back to injury news. So put that one on the list. <laughs> now you're just reading injury news. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we have anything interesting to talk about? Mm, no, I'm good. All right, well, then, uh, this has been the 4th and Wrong Podcast. Technically. Technically. I think this was a pretty solid one. I liked it. It's good energy. Good flow. Good flow. Bars. Now let's run some wind sprints. Uh, Say goodbye, Keith. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, Keith.
Uh, I want to save that because it's still got some coke in it and not just wild turkey. Went to Burger King for lunch today. Just, just drink it straight. Cheers. Dink it. We're whiskey boys. I'm a whiskey boy. I got a scotch that keeps me hammered. Yo, we're WAP. <laughs> Fucking shut up. Whiskey ass people. <laughs> shut up. I knew <laughs> what you are going to say. As soon as you're like, yo, we're WAP. It's like, this is only going in one direction. I fucking hate you so much. I don't know how that's going to look at the end.